Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather, they point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. I believe in magic, and I've seen it work. To be completely honest, I believe in magic more when it's happening to me, and I tend to forget about its existence when I'm not in its direct path. So it goes. I had somebody once call it the lucky. It's like a rainbow, something that you run and you point to, and you call other people to stop working and come look to out their window. The lucky, it's unexpected and it's randomly spaced and it's not evenly distributed. And the lucky seems to not care how much you've had already or how little you've had. And in some sense, the lucky isn't fair if you're keeping count. The lucky can be doled out in big batches on one piece of land, thick and abundant, while somebody else who hasn't seen luck in years can sit right next door, dry and brittle with the exhaustion of their life. But what I do believe about magic and about the lucky is that it it helps just to remember that it exists, even if right this second is not your time with it. And today I have several stories to tell you about serendipity, about magic intersection, and the lucky, stories that will give us hope. A couple months ago, I was glancing at social media, and my friend Carol posted a link to something that caught my eye. And Carol, she's a ballet teacher, and she's always posting audition calls and unique things to help artists and dancers find their way in the world. But this one in particular struck me, and I opened it. And it was a call for an artist in residence, like a mover, a dancer of some sort. And that definition seemed to be pretty expansive. To come to San Miguel in Mexico and to make work in this gorgeous, really unique dance studio that had so much beauty and life. And the windows and the rounded ceiling and the light in this place just from a short look at the photos, took my breath away. And it was a two-month residency, and it was this little little pocket of sacred time in this special studio to work on something, distraction-free. So right now, in the middle of things, two months of pick-up-and-go, this kind of opportunity is not something everybody can do, of course. But let's go backwards in the story a little bit. A few weeks prior to seeing this post, I had reunited with an old friend that I knew in graduate school, and her name is Renata Shepard. And Renata had reached out, and she asked my advice about yoga teacher trainings. And she found herself with this pocket of time where there was space and money to do this kind of training, to go deep into study or into a creative space. 
and she wondered what I would recommend and who I would recommend her studying with. And so Renata was was on my radar, and she was also, at the time, leaving a relationship that had a hold on her. And she was really trying to climb to higher ground and claim her life and power back in a significant way. And because I've been exactly where she is, and her story was really familiar to me, my ears were pricked up for her to offer anything I could to support her in this new and radiant life. And so Renata was was already on my altar when Carol's post flickered onto my desk. But part of the lucky and the magic way this crossed was that I usually don't click on things. I usually don't open things that I know are not meant for me because I'm very discerning about my online time these days. But something about about this particular thing shimmered on the screen and I opened it. And honestly, I didn't think of Renata right away. I sent it to a couple of obvious people in Denver, dancers and choreographers. But as soon as I did, I sort of knew that their lives had small kids and spouses and pandemic complications that would make it not a clear path for them. But after about five minutes, Renata came up in my intuition, and I felt an actual electricity in my body because that's sometimes how the lucky presents. And I texted her, and I saw the three bubbles right away, and she was typing back, and she felt the lucky too, that electricity. And she said, it's perfect. And I thought so too. And so she began to apply for the residency, and I was pretty sure that it would be very competitive. And I want to add a little caveat here that Renata, she has buckets and buckets of talent and grace and hard work and discipline and repertoire and chops. And those things, as good as they are, are completely separate from the lucky Because when there's fierce competition, like there was going to be, the lucky alone is not enough. The lucky just gets you to the door, generally. But nevertheless, the slide was greased, and very shortly she texted me. It wasn't long. She got the residency. And she was off to create in a space an incubator of beauty and potential, and our reconnection had sparked that intersection. And I want this story to give you hope, to be like a little sticky note to you, that this kind of magic exists. And we don't have to be on our best behavior for it to come to us. It's not about that. It's not about talent. It's not about doing well. It's not about being a good, um, kind of a good girl or a good boy. It's it's really about something that's an undercurrent underneath us that exists no matter what. And what happens is sometimes the lucky sets us off in a new direction unexpectedly and that there is something blessed and magic, an underroad beneath us all. And by just being a believer makes it more likely for you to intersect with it. Just being willing to say, I don't know why I'm drawn to open this link, but I think I should. And then doing it is believing in the lucky. And it's laying the foundation for something magical to happen. 
And I texted Renata and I asked her if I could use her name in the story. And she, she wrote back quickly and said yes with multiple exclamation points. And she said for her that it's about trust. That it was about trusting me to carry her story and to tell me what was going on so that her why was exposed enough to make the gift of the residency apparent to me. So that I would know the potency of a new path and how crucial it could be for her. And I did. I knew that she was jumping without a net, which is, I know too well, is the only way to fly. Otis said to me recently, after I told him he was magic on a random afternoon, he said, I'm not magic, Mama. I can't turn cartoon animals into real ones. (laughs) Okay, very specific definition. It's true, in that sense, you're not magic. Because that is what, at least currently, constitutes his definition of the lucky, I tried to explain that there are so many kinds of magic and he shouldn't create boxes such as this. And he glared at me. So I'll have to work on him and I'll have to point to the rainbow in the window more often. Because the lucky is always lying in wait. A few podcasts ago, the first Beauty Mark episode, I talked about a disappointment I was going through, which I can can tell you the truth about now. We thought, our family thought, that we were moving to Seattle. Matt got very close, down to only two candidates for a job that he really thought would be good. And we were at our weariest part of the pandemic. We were so ready for a fresh landscape, and we were kind of grabbing at straws. We were exhausted. And I was so sure he was going to get that job And I had a whole new life in my mind's eye for our family. And my mom did too. We were going to take her with us. And we were Zillow shopping and we were yoga studio shopping. And I was talking to my friend Courtney about neighborhoods and dreaming about the sea and the rain. And how good my hair was going to look going back to curly and the humidity. (laughs) All those things. And I decided that my book was going to be written in the windows of the rainy Seattle coffee shops. And I just couldn't see it any other way. Well, needless to say, he did not get that job. And we were crushed. It was heavy in my house for days and days. And then something happened. The lucky came in. And he got a different job. And he is currently lighter and happier than I've ever seen him. And it was unexpected. And we found fresh air and we found new land, literally new land and a house that feels like forever. And path B became clear and the lucky took away the heavy. And sometimes that is her main job, to point to the window even months down the road And explain to you why something you thought you wanted didn't work out. And I think in some ways it's all built on a matrix of trust and lying in wait and watching for and believing in the shimmer that you see on the things that pass by, the things that kind of tug at you. That one. I don't know why, but I think I should click on that one. And then you see where your intuition takes you. And sometimes you're wrong. 
Sometimes I'm dead wrong. And I go all the way to the wall with something like Seattle. And I'm wrong. But my suggestion is to follow your nose anyway, because when you're right, a whole new path can crack open. I think the lucky also houses the muse. And when you're an artist, a writer, a dancer, a musician, the muse blows in when it damn well pleases. And most days, we chop wood and we carry water and we practice and we practice and then the well is dry. And we bang our head on the wall and we keep digging down, but it all looks the same. But when the lucky comes in, nothing can stop our flow. Do you know what that feels like? And you probably, you probably just had a few times of this in your life where it's like you're unstoppable and it's so good, it's hard to believe. And we hardly have time to stop or sleep or question it. I love how Elizabeth Gilbert talks about the muse. She's a writer, beautiful writer. And she talks about it like a wind that blows in from somewhere. And that it's something that we have to catch to harness. And that it is possible to miss it or to pass on it for being too busy or too blocked to notice it. And if we don't catch it, it goes to inhabit somebody else who's paying better attention. The lucky is something to ride on. The lucky feels like soaring, I think. Not, it's not effortful, but it's kind of glides, like you're being carried along. Elizabeth Gilbert talks about in her book, Big Magic, which is a fantastic read and resource for a creative life. And if you haven't read Big Magic, I would say shoot it directly to the top, top, top of your list. She talks about in this book an idea for a book that she had. Oh, by the way, it the book is... Um, written sort of through the life of a writer. But in my opinion, it can be applied to anything creative. You don't have to be a writer to really benefit from the the metaphors in this book. She talks about an idea for a book she had and how she entertained it and she started writing it and she started to unearth the story, sort of uncover it until at some point she just set it aside and then she didn't. She didn't give any more time to it. And she felt for her, the life force of the project just leave kind of as quickly as it came. And because Elizabeth Gilbert believes the idea needs to be written, needed to be in the world, the lucky took it somewhere else. And according to Elizabeth, Anne Patchett, who's also another fantastic, brilliant writer, Anne Patchett wrote that book that she started with. And they didn't talk about it, and it wasn't a shared collaboration. Elizabeth thinks the lucky found Anne and scooted under her door and into her brain. And so the way that she describes this is that those shimmering things or ideas or opportunities, that they have a life force of their own. If you don't allow them to inhabit you, they will leave. And if you don't open the box that you're so drawn to and you just don't know why, then the lucky will go somewhere else. Because I do believe that it requires our participation. 
it doesn't mean we are more deserving of it than other people when it lands on us. But we do have to be willing to say yes. I can think of a few places in my timeline where the lucky has shown up to create levity, even in the midst of something hard. For example, when Benjamin died, my mother was with me in Illinois where I was attending graduate school. And she lived at the time in Alabama and only visited me once or twice a year. And it was strange and it was lucky for us to have been together for such a piercing crash in our family story. And I asked her once what she would have done if we'd been apart with this news, digesting it separately. And she said she would have driven the 13 hours to tell me in person. And I cannot imagine that stretch of mother road for her. So the lucky was there even in the hardest thing. And of course, there are hundreds of smaller luckies along the way, little serendipities that I've seen. One time I was in Mobile, Alabama, and I was 18, and I had just begun college, and I was at a flea market with my friend Angie, and we were freshmen, and she discovered that she was pregnant by the guy two doors down in the dorm, which was was definitely not a long-term thing. And Angie had no money and no plan except that she was keeping the baby. And we were discussing the concern of her situation while we walked around at this flea market, this outdoor flea market. And I remember it felt so adult and dire, and I wasn't sure what to advise her to do. And she was scared. And we went into the flea market bathroom And this is still crystal clear to me after 25 years. And there was something in the toilet that looked like one of those brown paper towels, the stiff ones, you know, from the school bathrooms. And there was no reason at all why I would have normally put my hand in a public toilet, but I felt a shimmer or heard a voice or something like that. Something caught me. And I remember it being a rainbow kind of feeling. Put your hand in the toilet, Buffy. I did, and I pulled it out, and there was no identification, there was no no cards, no name, and it was just a a plain plastic brown cover, like a checkbook cover, but there was no checks, and inside the little pocket, there was $500 in cash. At the time, that was a tremendous amount of money to me, and without hesitation, I came out of the bathroom stall, and I gave it to Angie. And looking back, I probably should have turned it in. And I know I would have turned it in had there been an ID, but without one, I justified it and I kept the money for my friend. And looking back, $500 was never going to really change the fate of the baby or her life plan to raise a child and be able to stay in college at the same time. But at that time, it felt like a lucky It felt like a sign of hope that she was in the hands of something divine and something supportive, and it felt like we should take it. I lost touch with Angie, and I don't really know how it turned out, any of it. But that day felt like a promise. And then there's the other side, which I didn't think about until later. Who is the person that day who lost their rent money? 
or their cash to buy birthday presents for their kids or diapers for their kids. The lucky can be cruel when there's another side to it. And I tend to think about that too, especially now as I've gotten older. There's usually always a loss somewhere too. Like so many things I talk about in this podcast, we don't have to practice the lucky for it to come in. It's not about hard work or deserving energy or fairness or anything like that. But I do think being in the path of it requires us to be paying attention, to get the gut feeling or to do the strange thing you wouldn't normally do, but for some reason you feel called to do it. Do you ever just have a feeling that you should get it back in touch with somebody? You haven't talked to them in years, but they're tugging at you somehow. There's something magic at work, maybe like with me and Renata. Anthony Douglas Williams says, if you don't believe in miracles, you will see none. I think there's some real truth to that. So noticing what tugs at you is part of being ready for the lucky even if it seems like you're in a rut, because what you are drawn to has life in it. And sometimes in yoga, we call it prana. It has a luminescent quality. It catches you somehow. And the life force of the prana then begets more life force. I was talking to a friend recently who started a newer business. And she said, Buffy, it's like everything I touch is expanding. Things are flooding into my space at warp speed, and everything feels like a yes. She said, I can feel the abundance and how I'm in the flow. It's palpable. And just having a phone conversation with her gave me electricity. Her voice gave me electricity. My suggestion is find these people who have miracles just following them around, get in their field and team up with them, collaborate with them, rub up against them. I do believe the lucky can be contagious, maybe mostly because people who are in that state of flow, they are usually aware of it, and they talk about it, and they give the lucky life and momentum, and they're in the the habit of noticing it, and they're watching for it, and they're electric, and they're calling in a specific ask for it and there's every reason for you to be in that room so that when lightning strikes you can be there too my hope for you and for all of us is that we start just by noticing the lucky knowing it's here with us even when it's concealed lying in wait under the road around the corner Because I I do think the world is different when we believe this. It's less cynical and sad. And we tend to, as humans, be more playful, even when just knowing the lucky wind could blow in someday and things could change on a dime. Lewis Carroll from Alice in Wonderland writes, Why, sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. (laughs) One last beauty mark for this day, something really small, but certainly helpful and magical and so, so practical. (laughs) Magic eraser. I am late to this party 
but I cannot describe my joy of this little household item. It's a small white sponge, and y'all all, all probably know about it already, so this is not new to you maybe. But this little white sponge that I love, it's made of the lucky, apparently, and it cleans the strangest things like gunk around the doorknobs and the fingerprints on the furniture. It gets off all the weird little things you think you'll never get off. And everything looks sparkly afterwards. It even gets off crayon on flat paint walls, if this is ever something that you need, which I do pretty often. Magic eraser. Magic indeed. And you'll not be sad if you purchase this product. <laughs> and I was not paid to endorse this little lucky, just something that I, I found that I wanted to pass along. Lastly, if the lucky is not in your house right now, don't worry. Keep practicing and breathing and chopping wood and carrying water. And she will be coming for you eventually. In the meantime, be gentle with yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Things That Will Help. We just had a birthday. Yesterday was the year anniversary of Things That Will Help. So that feels really significant and special. And we lit a candle last night, my family, and talked about what a year of evolution this has been um, for myself and for my family and for my listeners. Um, and it's it's turned out to be a little bit of a family collaboration because not only am I sharing so many stories about them, but every week my husband does a playlist to coincide with these storytelling episodes. If you haven't listened to any of the Spotify playlists, you must. They're so so good and they're so eclectic and different every week so if you don't connect to one week check out some others because um, they really intersect with all genres of music and there's something for everybody if you would like to become a patron of this podcast you can find the information for the patreon page on the show notes and i deeply appreciate your support always always and um, if you are a patron, it goes directly to support the production of this work and keeps it, keeps it running and keeps the lights on. So thank you and have a beautiful day.